Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast. It is the weekly preview episode. It is week five. I'm your host, of course, Tim Petrop, your host with the most. With my two brothers, the only two twins that are deep in fantasy negotiations with me, each of them, and they had no idea until right now that they were each in fantasy negotiations with me, uh, Michael and Jason Petrop. And you both could go suck a fat one. Fuck Jason, both of you, right? honestly. <laughs> Fuck you both. Jason's out here getting mad pissed at us for not accepting his trade as if it's like this grand trade that must be accepted because it's coming from him or something. I mean, he's trying to trade a CMC for a, a, a slightly discounted price. Tim Tim's trade is a grand trade. I don't know what he's doing. So is yours. You both are idiots. <laughs> Shocking, yeah, idiots, Jason feels that way. Players. Are you yeah, surprised? Yeah, because Tim? I've been hit by the injury bug and I need to be f- good fast. If I could afford to wait for CMC... I wouldn't be doing this trade. Jason mm-hmm. is uncharacteristically one in three in our home league. That is that's what happens when you draft CMC Kittle Galladay as your first three picks. Ugh. Yuckers. Tough, tough, tough. Um, but anyway, speaking of tough, a bunch of nudes, to, uh, nudes, definitely <laughs> no nudes. A Send bunch nudes. Of nudes. A bunch of news to get through today, and uh, everything else you need. The Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast begins now. Welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast presented by BrotoFantasy.com. I'm your host, Tim Petrop, with my brothers, the only two twins that give you double that fantasy goodness, Michael and Jason Petrop. So before, before we get started talking about actual football, um, you know, the thing that's hanging over everyone's head is hanging over yet again. Um, again. The COVID... Uh, I mean, look, last week we were touched. So just like a boxer in a boxing match that is dominating and then all of a sudden he gets punched really hard. That changes the whole. Yeah, that changes the whole perception of the boxing match in general. That's kind of how I feel last week when the NFL got hit in the face with COVID. And knowing that you're no longer untouchable and knowing that your protocols are. Are, you know. Hittable. Not bulletproof. Not bulletproof. Uh, it's something that now needs to play in the mind of every single fantasy player in the world. And, I mean, every single football player in general in the world, but especially uh, people who are trying to figure out how to win and win money around these crazy things. So um, this morning was not a good day in terms of that. Stefan Gilmore of the Patriots tested positive. Um he needs to have two God bless you. He needs to have two straight days of, of no positive tests in order to come back. Again, these tests are not perfect. They are about 96% effective. So there is a possibility it was a false positive. We will see. Um less of a possibility is the fact that two Tennessee Titans tested positive. And this is putting Sunday's Bills Titans game in jeopardy. Now, last week we saw them pass by this whole thing um, and make it a buy and be able to make it work. This week, it's hard to think about a team missing two weeks in a row and what that would mean. Rumor has it that they're considering a bunch of things. One of the things they're considering is making the Titans forfeit this game. So all of a sudden, the Bills and the Titans wouldn't be available for this game, which would fuck up a lot of shit. So um, it's tough. 
And to make that worse, Corey Davis was put on COVID-19, the COVID-19 list today. And that's in also a list that also already includes Adam Humphreys. So those are two fantasy players as well. You don't know who's going to get off the list. Uh, it's tough. Everything we say is going to be speculation. The thing is, Corey Davis is do. He, he wasn't without A.J. Brown. Like, he was one to do and one goo-gooed. Yeah, this shit sucks, yo. Because, I mean, the first three weeks... Oh, Mr. I don't care about anything. COVID <laughs> no, is the first thing that sucks. Shut up! Nothing! Nothing! The first three weeks went unscathed. No problems. And then there was one case. Relax. That's why I said relax. It's only one case. And now, I don't know where every... Damn team is getting cold. Out of nowhere, this is how it works, Michael. Out of it is nowhere. how it works. Well, it's not like Cam Newton is directly related to the Titans getting COVID. Like, that's what I'm saying. They have no relation to each other at all. That's not how it works. It, but it is how it works. It is. Fuck off. All right. Um, obviously, COVID is not something that we want to talk about, and we don't know what's going on. So follow us on Twitter at Brodo Fantasy. Um, for more information, uh, before we get into our games, I just want to remind you guys about party belts. Woohoo! Yeah. The official championship belt of the Brodo fantasy football podcast. Uh, it's this, these belts are everything you want in the championship belt and with a 10th of the price. And when I say a 10th of the price, I'm not kidding. Why spend $300 on a giant, ginormous, heavy, not wearable belt that you're just going to. It's always the same with these belts. You think it's going to be the, your prized possession, and then you wear it to the draft. It's glorious for three for three hours, and then you put it in the closet, and it never comes out ever again. Um, do that except for a tenth of the price. <laughs> be glorious. Have a great belt. Put anything custom on it. Have one-size-fits-all uh, belt strap. You could carry two beers in it so you could serve your opponents while serving your opponents. If you know what I'm saying. Uh, and if you use the promo code BROTO, that's B-R-O-T-O in all caps, you'll get 15% off your order at PartyBelts.com. Again, that promo code is BROTO, B-R-O-T-O, at PartyBelts.com. Yeah. You guys ready to get to this Thursday night game? All right, let's get into this Thursday night game. The Ooh, yeah, football. At the Bears, something that we definitely think, well, not definitely, nothing's definite, but that we think is going down. Let's start on the Buck side. Uh, Tom Brady had a five-touchdown blow-up performance last week. This week, the Bears, he goes plays the Bears. The Bears' defense has been really good. Uh, their overall numbers haven't been gaudy because their offense has been so shitty. But despite the fact that they are on the field so much and are always playing with a shitty offense that punts the ball all the time, uh, they are great. And they have not allowed a a quarterback to go into the quarterback one range this year. So the question is, if something's got to give, which one is it? Is it, is it Tom Brady doing this again? Uh, or is it, or is it the, the bears coming up big again? Uh, also should, should mention no Chris Godwin, no Justin Watson in this game, just like last game. So it's going to be the Mike Evans and Scotty Miller show. Yeah. Like you said, it's even worse than that, though. Like, the Bears haven't allowed a top-12 quarterback. They haven't allowed a quarterback to reach 12 fantasy points. Leonard Fournette is injured, might play. LaShawn McCoy is going to be out. O.J. Howard's out the year. Like you just said, Chris Godwin's out. Justin Watson's out. Like, this is 
a rough matchup for Tom Brady with not a lot of weapons on a short week, and he's old. <laughs> he He's tied with Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson with 11 20-plus yard completions on the year, so he's connecting with deep balls. He's going to need that to score on the Bears. I don't love Tom Brady this week. What I do, look, I might be jumping the gun here, but I, 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 have, a, I have a gut feeling. Here we go. Tom Brady's true throw value has been great the last two weeks. And in one position, you don't need that many targets if they're valuable to be valuable. And that position is tight end. And O.J. Howard is now out. Rob Gonkrowski played 100% of the snaps in 11 personnel after O.J. Howard got injured last week. If he just sees five targets, he's a tight end one. So this week, Gronk is a top 10 tight end, and I think he finds the end zone. Hey, me and Jason are actually in agreement here about about Rob Gronkowski. Uh, O.J. Howard and Rob Gronkowski, well, O.J. Howard more so has been a bigger part of the offense, but overall that tight end position has been a decent. They saw nine targets combined last week, Howard, Howard and Gronk. Howard went 50 yards and a touchdown prior to getting hurt, which sucks because he was having like a – a little bit of a bounce back year after that really down year last year. But, yeah, if Mike Evans, nobody, Scotty Miller, Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, and Justin Watson all didn't practice. So it's like who if Rob Gronkowski on the field playing 100% of the snaps, if you have like TJ Hawkinson or Robert Tanyan now and they're on bye week this week, I do think Gronk could be a very nice, uh, very nice addition there. Are you worried about another Cameron Brate touchdown? No, that wasn't really like a drawn-up play for Brait or something. It was like one of those just goal-line touchdowns that go to backup tight end sometimes. Uh, Scotty Miller is one of my favorite plays this week. Uh, as soon as Godwin was officially out, uh, I went to the waiver wire in my in my league that I am dying at wide receiver, and Kenny Galladay's on by. So I, I picked him up, and I'm starting him, and I expect some good things out of him. I think Scotty Miller is a good play this week. Yeah, I mean, he has three games out of four this year of at least 70 yards. Like, the one game everyone expected him to be great was the game where he sucked, which was odd enough. But, I mean, he also doesn't play... He played less snaps than Justin Watson and Mike Evans, and Mike Evans missed some time. So that's, And it's against Chicago, who's yet to allow a top-12 quarterback, like you said, and actually is yet to allow a single top-24 wide receiver, the first team still up there. So, I mean... It's it's not going to be a great offensive game from Brady and the receivers. I don't think. Uh, you don't. What about Mike Evans? I mean, like, this guy has been crazy good with Tom Brady. You don't think Mike Evans continues that? I, I don't see any reason. Crazy efficient, not necessarily good. This guy catches one yard touchdowns. I mean, sure, but last week he was good. I, I, let me say this: he's been crazy good with Tom Brady, even because of his touchdowns. But he's been crazy good in general without Chris Godwin. He's been his two games without Chris Godwin so far have been monster games, and I expect another monster game. I don't I don't see why it would be any different this week. Cause he's banged up already. I, I was the athletic has like an injury piece, and they were saying it looked really bad. And the fact that he came in doesn't necessarily mean it's a good thing because it could be swelling up now his ankle and leg area. He didn't practice today, so I mean if he's banged up. This is a guy who's been inconsistent throughout his career at times. Like he's consistently great. But he does have these inconsistent games where he screws you over in fantasy leagues. I have him as a low-end wide receiver, too, because I do think there's a lot of risk here in a really hard matchup with a 43-year-old quarterback who just threw, like, 50 times four days ago. Uh, let's talk about this running game. Ronald Jones 
Had a good game on the ground, but man, he looks like he is uh, like a a sixth grader trying to learn how to catch when he's when he's trying to catch the ball. Like it's insane. Like I used to coach sixth grade, eighth grade middle school uh, flag football. He legit looks like the kid who goes and tries to catch the ball and just like it bounces <laughs> off his head. Like that's what he looks like. Honestly, man, when it comes to this Bucks running game, I am conflicted, and it's because of that reason. The Bucks have targeted the running back. At the second highest rate in the league. Crazy. Tom LaShawn Brady, McCoy has been a bum with those targets, but now he's out. So who's going to get them? When it's been Ronald Jones or Fournette, Fournette's the guy who's been getting more work in passing situations. Fournette might not play, though. Keyshawn Vaughn caught a touchdown last week. Yes, Rojo went 20 for 111 on the ground. Do we expect to see Keyshawn Vaughn as a third down running back? I think so. I think so, this game. I mean, you can't just drop three passes and expect... He saw nine targets. That's OD, and he dropped a third of them. Like Tim said, the dude just can't catch. They've tried to make him a receiving back over and over. It's one of the reasons why he sucked at fantasy for so long. So I think he has some upside here just straight up as a runner because he gets so much work. Leonard Fournette's likely to be out, and Chicago gives up a lot more fantasy points to the running backs than they do to the receivers and quarterbacks and even the tight end but geez louise the guy can't catch i mean i have my running back 20 i think he's gonna need to score a touchdown he's gonna be a little touchdown dependent here against chicago but i do think he has a decent shot at finding the end zone um this leonard Fournette injury too we got to remember this ankle industry is a lingering uh, industry injury for him so this lingers and I think Keyshawn Vaughn, this is someone who Bruce Arians last week said his time is coming. He came in, played well out of the passing game. This is why they drafted him, scored the touchdown. Three targets, two receptions, not going to light the world on fire, but it was his first game even activated. I think if you're desperate, you could play him this week with as like a you know low-floor dart throw i don't think, I think it's be- the worst desperation flex no, i do I don't think, think it's so a either. desperate play though it's a desperate play but it's not the worst desperate play you could have yeah, yeah i think you're you're right michael are you playing but, him over darnell mooney Probably yeah not. no darnell mooney gets targets now i mean i'm getting targets bro um i'll still play him over darnell mooney though all right uh, let one real quick thing if he ends up getting like five catches this week and Fournette is out another week, then you could see him be a very popular ad. They play Green Bay, who's been giving up points to Green Bay. He could be a popular ad. So if you have a spot on your roster, maybe just stash him there and see what happens. Yeah, if you I don't, don't hate it. It's not, the worst, it's not the worst thing in the world if you don't. Um, let's move over to the bear side, unless you guys want to talk about someone else. We good, we good. All right, let's go over to the bear side. Nick Foles looked trash. Last game, and, you know, it's hard to go back to Trubisky, but I feel like they're going to go back to Trubisky eventually at one point during the Why? year. I told, trash. I told Michael they should just have a two-quarterback um, system where Trubisky plays the first half, goes down big, and then Foles comes in and brings him back because it's the I only mean, time not, Foles has ever been good. I mean, that sounds good. That sounds good to me, but that's also the only time Mitch Trubisky's ever been good coming I mean, back in the he either, also so. struggled against Indy, who, for whatever reason, has one of the best defenses in the league this year. So, I mean, 
I'm not just going to assume Mitch Trubisky takes his job back. Enough. I thought you broke up with Mitch Trubisky in our review pod, I, man. Wait, when did I say that? When did I say he gets his job back? I'm just saying that he's gonna. they're going to go to him eventually. You literally he's started make, this segment by saying Trubisky's going to play again. I assume gonna, that meant to get his job back. No, that doesn't assume that. It means that Foles is going to be so bad that Trubisky's going to have to come in in one of these games. That doesn't necessarily mean he starts the next Tim's game. Tim's smiling right now. He's hyped that he thinks Trubisky's going to play again. I'm not even smiling. You're lying. <laughs> Had enough of this kid. Um, <laughs> you were smiling while you were talking. Uh, yeah, yeah. Shut up. Speaking of a good defense, the Tampa, Tampa's been really good, and they haven't allowed a wide receiver one uh, from a wide receiver one performance. They've shut down some good players. One of them, Keenan Allen, recently. Um, I can't remember the other guy, but he was very good uh, off the top of my head. I don't have it written down. How do you feel about Allen Robinson in this game? He was sucky for three and a half quarters and then came alive and saved your fantasy day at the end. How are we feeling about Allen Robinson in this matchup? Yeah, Allen Robinson is someone at this point you just play. Because, like I said, India has been one of the best defenses in the league this year. Allen Robinson went berserk at the end of the game. Literally put up 15 fantasy points on the last drive. He's ninth in true throw value despite seeing targets from... Mitchell Trubisky and Nick Foles. True target value. True target value, despite seeing targets from Nick Foles and Mitchell Trubisky. So I mean, I'm I'm firing I'm firing him up. Of course, the Bucks have have played well, but I don't care. It's Allen Robinson. Jimmy Graham has sandwiched a number one performance between two uh, twentieth or worse performances. I mean, it's, he's as inconsistent as it gets. He's been that way. He's dependent on touchdowns, which is like most tight ends. I mean, you could do worse than Jimmy Graham, I guess, but I'm still not playing Jimmy Graham. Yeah, his true target value is 14th, which is funny because it's like between Blah. 2 and 22. So like that's how he's been. <laughs> so exactly. when it comes to Jimmy Graham, I'm not excited if I have to play him. But man, are tight ends bad. So he's not the worst option on earth. I have him at 12th right now. If Tampa Bay scores, Chicago's going to have to play um, catch-up ball. But it's never going to be an exciting start. Yeah, I'll no. tell you what, man. I mean, he's, it's about as low floor as you could get. The dude could end up with 1.2, and no one would be surprised at all. But then again, he could, he's could he been used in the red zone. So Jason's out here forgetting to uh, turn off his phone. Yeah, that was fucking Michael wow. who just called me. Michael just called me and then tried to shit on me during the podcast. I'm like, Jason's phone isn't off. I don't know why my phone just called you. That's odd. But either way. You twins with weird twin energy going in between. Nah, it's two. because our phones were like, enough talk about Jimmy Graham. Move on. <laughs> no, no, no more about Jimmy Graham. Uh, Darnell about, Mooney. Let's talk about Darnell Mooney and, and, uh, Mooney. and, and Anthony Miller. Uh, Mooney's not getting enough respect. Around these streets. I don't get no respect. He's a 67th ranked wide receiver in expert consensus. I have him up at 47. Look, he has flex appeal. It's ugly, but he has flex appeal. If you look at what he's done in the last two games, five targets, nine targets. He only, His first game with Nick Foles, 552, and he even had a rush for negative three yards. He's becoming the number two receiver on that team. It's he already not is. Pretty. He's not becoming. He's he, hopped Miller. Yeah, and it's it's a tough matchup for sure. Back to back in deep leagues, though he has flex appeal. Yeah, a little ugly though, but uh, yeah, nah, nah, I'm not playing. David Montgomery is really the only interesting guy outside of Allen Robinson here, of course, because yeah, it's David Montgomery, and he's not the most attractive fantasy player, but he saw six targets last week and saw 85 percent of the snaps. 
if it's not going to be Cordero Patterson or Nall or Tavis Pierce coming in to take Terry Cohen's job, and it's going to be David Montgomery. Or Nall. Even if it's just a de facto, like, David Johnson when Duke Johnson got hurt, getting all the snaps and targets because he's the only one there, it's all the snaps and targets. So, I mean, that is running back two every single week at that point because the dude's just going to see that much work. We mentioned that we like David Montgomery going forward, but we didn't like him last week, and, you know, that's what it was. When I was first doing research for the show, like, I knew David Montgomery didn't play well, but I didn't know his exact stats, and I'm like, yo, he got 27 rushes? No, he got 27 rush yards. Um, Yeah, so much big difference between 27 rushes and 27 rush yards. Any Cordell Patterson love? No, of course not. Patterson hardly even played last week, so forget about that guy. See, Pat? All right, before we get into our next game, a reminder that the bye weeks this week are Green Bay and Detroit. So Green uh, Bay and Detroit and bye weeks. Well, y- Yahoo and State Farm have like put together like this thing where if your player's on bye, he's in like bright red. Yeah. And like it's like there's a little note that says do not start this guy. It's like holy shit. All right. They're trying I get to show it. you that it's not actually Chris Paul. <laughs> Jeez, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> All right, let's get on to two teams that are playing the Jaguars at the Texans. Um, I mentioned that Chicago is one of those teams that haven't allowed a QB one this year. So is Houston uh, in all this drama with Houston. That's something that's been lost is that their defense is actually playing a little better than they're accustomed to. Gardner Minshew now had, had has had two bad games in a row. He's looking a little frazzled like he went from. Look at me with my big ass dick and my my cowboy hat, and now he's just like a little, like you could see the nervousness in his face. So that makes me a little nervous. Um, I'm confused why you're shitting on him after this last game where he wasn't a bad fantasy option. Like he put I, up 22 I, fantasy points, completed 27 of 40 passes, 351 yards, two touchdowns. Look, I didn't think he looked. Yeah, that you're bad. right. You're right. I'm bugging. I'm bugging out. At the end of the day, though, Gardner Minshew. Has one top 12 finish this season, and he was the ninth quarterback. All right. He has two QB 13 finishes. He's been a QB 13 or better three out of four weeks. That's way better finish than... was nine. All right. That means you're getting... Okay, but if you get a guy who's going to be top 13 three of four weeks, that's a very nice floor. He's a streamer. Yeah, he's a streamer, sure. It's a good week to stream. I don't think it is. It's a... eh. I don't know if it's that great of a week. It's a decent week Houston, to stream. But... I mean, it depends who your options are. I have him at 15, but Ryan Tannehill's ahead of him. Josh Allen's ahead of him. If those guys don't play their game, like, you got to consider the options. And Minshew isn't the worst streaming option. No, oh, yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I'm not looking too much into the fact. I understand that Houston hasn't let uh, number one QB go this year because their running game has been bad. But, like, they played KC. And Lamar Jackson, they were running the all over the, um, the uh, the Texans, and then, excuse me, yeah, Clyde Edwards Elair, how they like to say it on the telecast. I don't know why they have to E-layer. pronounce Elair that way. Ran all over them week one, and then Lamar Jackson and company ran all over them week two, and then Pitt, Ben Roethlisberger, I think was QB thirteen or fourteen, and then Minnesota, Kirk Cousins, and a run first team. So it's not like they've been just dominating opposing quarterbacks. Just opposing quarterbacks haven't really needed to really have that great of games against them thus far. So it definitely Speak- can happen. Speaking of great games, DJ Chark. DJ Chark. 
Uh, he came back with a bang. Nine targets, eight catches, 95 yards, and two touchdowns against the Bengals. Oh, duh, baby, is DJ Chark back. You know what they realized? They realized maybe we need him. Maybe when Minshew looked like a doofus week three against Miami, when Chark wasn't on the field, maybe we should give him more than seven targets in the first two games combined. And what happened? They gave him nine targets for 895 and two. Bang. So fire up DJ Chark. All he's ever done is produce. Even when he was getting, the, even when he was getting um, three and four targets, he was the wide receiver. He was a wide receiver three. So he that's his floor, wide receiver three. He's a I'm, great option. I'm with Jason here. Starting TJ Chark if you have him. Me and me and Jay were actually very surprised by his rankings last week. Like he was ranked under like wide receiver twenty. Didn't really make much sense to us. Lavisca Chenault too. He seems to be getting more and more involved every week. Six targets last week. Give me some LaVisca Chenault, though. Yeah, Keelan Cole looks like he's not part of that offense as much as he was in the first couple games. He's safe to drop, I think. He was, you know, he he had a couple good games for you in the beginning, and now it's just kind of... I'm dropping like, him across the ways. He's like a wide receiver four type guy. By, I'll even say by wide receiver five. Right, yeah. yeah. Like, he, his five. upside is certainly limited. I... But I think Lewis Chanel has some wide receiver three appeal, man, this week against Houston. I could uh, against Vernon Hargraves in the slot. I could see him being uh being utilized a bunch. Uh let's go over to this running game. James Robinson looked like a human being last game. How do you feel about him in this one? See, like me and Jay were both lower on Robinson than the majority. I had him as my running back nineteen. I actually nailed it because he ended as running back nineteen. He was like running back twelve in consensus. I mean, he still but, had a good game. Yeah, he just he was just, he was just a, he was just an Earth being, exactly of, uh, an alien. But the fact that he didn't have that good of a game, he was on the field despite the fact that they were leading. I mean, trailing the entire second half, seventy six percent of the time. Chris Thompson didn't even see a target or get a rush. <laughs> like it was James Robinson's backfield, and the problem with James Robinson was. Will Chris Thompson take his snaps when they're trailing? And that did not happen last week. If that isn't just a blip in the James Robinson radar, and that's actually how it's going to be, <laughs> James Robinson is looking mighty fine and maybe may not even be that sell-high candidate that I was thinking. Maybe someone you could try to get for cheap because if he's just going to be playing all the time, that's very valuable. Also, um, James, Mr. Robinson... Is people are running back six through four weeks, and the Texans are thirtieth in yards allowed before contact. Oh, he's in a great spot. I have him as a I have as a running back one this week. It is a good matchup for Mr. Robinson. Um, anyone else you guys want to talk about? Uh, Tyler Eifert. <sighs> I preferred when we could just say O'Shawn Hennessy and O'Shawn Hennessy right. plays. Yeah, but now Eifert is. That's the guy we talked about. Six targets last I week. I miss it's saying O'Shawn Hennessy. Enough to mention him, not enough to. Start him. O'Shawn Hennessy had six targets? No, Eifert. No, Eifert. <laughs> I'm, I'm saying Eifert took his job. Num- that's yeah. a shocking number. No, it was um, not O'Shawn Hennessy. Yo! What? B-O-B is gone. Like, I was going to say, like, what we're about to say on the other side is, like, kind of, like, we don't know anything. And if you're going to go by history, Deshaun Watson has not played well against the Jaguars in his career. So we don't know what's going to happen. Like, this is... Com- you don't know. You just don't know. Romeo Cornell's taking over. He's a defensive 
guy. So it's not like he's going to bring his new and improved, uh, like like Arthur Smith did, you know, kind of with Tennessee after. Uh, I can't even think of an <laughs> example, honestly, um, because Greg Williams took over. Like, I can't even think of a of an interim head coach. Can you guys think of one? Like, it was offensive mind that took over. Freddie Kitchens. Freddie Kitchens. Well, yeah, okay. Freddie Kitchens. That was more that, Todd Monken calling the plays, which is why they were good. Yeah, definitely not. A Freddie Kitchen situation. So, I mean, I'm with you, man. Still, you know, like, what, what do we do? What Dude, do we do? Deshaun Watson is the quarterback seven in expert consensus. I'm like, what do you, what? I don't get it. Like, like the highest finish he's had this year is quarterback 12. He simply looked not that good. He, his weapons have not been very good. Besides Will Fuller, Brandon Cooks has not been very good this year. Randall Cobb hasn't been very good for a while now. Kenny Stills is Kenny Stills. And this is a guy who's always held the ball too long. Doesn't have DeAndre Hopkins to bail him out anymore. David Johnson sucks. I know the coaches got fired. But quarterback seven? Uh, call me naive. I have him as QB eight, man. I think he's going to come out guns blazing and look like Deshaun Watson again. I'm hopeful because this is not who we expect Deshaun Watson to be for fantasy purposes. So I do think there's a chance here now with Bill O'Brien fired and light a fire underneath Watson. Like, this dude's 0-4. He is not used to being a losing quarterback. And I think it's going to really get him going this week. And against the Jaguars is a great spot to do it. So I'm firing up Deshaun Watson happily, honestly. Knowing the history, too, of that Texans uh, ownership group and all that, I would be very surprised if Deshaun Watson didn't have at least a little bit of say in the firing of Bill O'Brien. So there is there is a sense of that could that could happen, like Michael was saying, yeah. just like that. Um, but what, what? who does he throw to then? Because uh, in Bill O'Brien's system, we know that it's a funnel to the number one wide receiver type of system. Um, Brandon Cooks was a complete dud last week. Despite playing uh, 90% of snaps, geez Louise. Despite playing 90% of snaps, something that I that I, that I told you yeah, that was going to happen, just a saying, just saying. Um, but yeah, well, Fuller had a big game. Brandon Cooks, not so much. Randall Cobb. Uh, so, like, what what do we, you know, what does it look like? We don't know, honestly. Like, I, I'd be asking you guys, but you'd be guessing. Yeah, I mean, I'm Cooks firing up still, Fuller happily, though. Yeah, I'm firing up Fuller very happily as a high-end wide receiver, too. Cooks still has at least five targets in three or four games. He's still a 26-year-old dude who somehow is only 26. I'm not completely giving up on him yet. Uh, but can't start him. Yeah, I don't really. Maybe yeah. in a flex if you're nah. dealing with injuries or something. You're I mean, if you off. have like Devontae Adams and Chris Godwin as your first we'll two call picks it, or something. We'll call it the Darnell Mooney line this week. Are you starting him over Darnell Mooney? I am, yes. I am. Tim, you really can't start Cooks over Darnell Mooney, man? I mean, I don't want to start Cooks at all right now. He had Fair zero enough. points. That's why, AJ Green. that's why it's the Mooney line. Cooks over Green for me as well. So I'm gonna say, all right, Cooks over. Green. I do think if you, have to, if you have to pick between AJ Green and and Brandon Cooks to start, like God bless you, you're a saint because that's I, a terrible decision. I do think there's a running or Darnell back, Mooney, a running back who's gonna be involved a little bit in the passing game though. Uh, Michael, you keep taking my job, bro. All day you've been transitioning for me. Get the you got it. I didn't. Um, I didn't jump into it. I said, I think there's a running back who will have some. 
appeal so that you can now get into it. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, yeah, sure. Um, let's talk about David and Duke. Whoa, whoa, whoa. let's not put those, let's not say that. David, David and Johnson and Duke Johnson. Um, let's talk about them because one of the, our initial reactions was that Duke Johnson might get an, an uptick in work. Uh, he was a free agent in our money league, and I paid up to get him. Uh, but you know, I'm, I'm also facing a double running back buy next week uh, with my backup running back also on a buy next week. So I'm a little desperate. Hot damn. What do we what do we think about how this backfield is going to shape out? Because David Johnson has looked cooked. David Johnson played 95 and 96% of the snaps week two and three without Duke there. Last week, even with Bill O'Brien, he played 55% of the snaps. Not a good not Duke a good Johnson time. played 39% of the snaps in his return. Good sign. Bill O'Brien's gone. There's no longer a, I need to start David Johnson because I made the worst trade ever and he was the guy I received. I think this, I've been saying for months, even since the preseason, that I think Duke Johnson has some big time potential if he starts getting burned over David Johnson. And Romeo Cornell has no attachment to David Johnson, man. And I think Duke Johnson's going to be involved in the passing game. The uh, the Jaguars allowed the Panthers to go absolutely nuts on them week one. Uh, excuse me, the Colts to go absolutely nuts on them week one. Uh, Jonathan Taylor and Naheem Hines through the air. Miles Gaskin put up five receptions against them. Joe Mixon scored a touchdown, six catches and 30 yards against them. They can they can be beat through the air by the running back. Also to note that David Johnson's two targets last week both came in garbage time. He didn't have any real passing that's a good note. Roll while the game was. That's a good note there, kid. Close. That is a good note, Jason. How do you how do you think this backfield shapes out? Because I I'm I'm curious. Because again, it's a guess. I'm curious what you think. It is a guess, my good sir. I think that you can still fire up DJ as a low end RB two because they're playing Jacksonville, and I do think he's not just going to lose his job. Um, like you said, a defensive minded coach is taking over, and defensive minded coaches usually like to run a little bit more. And David Johnson is their running back at the moment, whereas Duke is their pass catching back. So I still think that Duke has a decent hold on this job. I mean, David, but we shall see. Agreed. But at least Duke Johnson has some interesting flex appeal. I'll I'll just put that in there. Jacksonville also 27th in DVOA against the running back out of the backfield, which bodes well for Duke Johnson. So if Duke Johnson is going to get involved this week and he does well, this is the week to do it. Also... Terrible against the tight end, and if you are a Jordan Atkins owner, uh, rosterer, you have been seeing this guy who has been flashing brilliance for the last two years, but he hasn't been getting the opportunity. Is this another guy who gets the opportunity that he never got under Bill O'Brien? That's also a question to ask. You say Atkins, and it pisses me off. There's not even a T in the dude's name. It's Jordan Atkins, man. Atkins, whatever, man. But week four, Jordan Atkins played... 29% 29% of snaps. Darren Fells played 80%. I fucking... What get, happened get there? Bill O'Brien so far out of here, son. Like, get the fuck out of here, bro. Like, I never come back. Bullshit-ass <laughs> yeah. bullshit. I'm not... I know Jacksonville sucked against a tight end. I still prefer Aikens if I have to choose one. I'd rather not. All Honestly, right. probably not starting out of this because Aikens is in concussion protocol. But I'd like oh, to maybe see Maybe that's if, why the snap... Did he leave the game early? That's probably why his snap count was so low. Hmm. I must have oh, missed okay. that. I take, I take I'd, I'd like to see if this coach uses Aikens more, though, because he should. 
Let's move over to the Cardinals at the Jets. This one should be quick. Um, Kyler Murray has been a great fantasy asset, even though he hasn't been great through the air. The Jets have given up a whole bunch of, a bunch of rushing yards this year. With the Jets, as someone who watches the Jets closely as a Jets fan, I can tell you the Jets' defense is not as bad as they look. It's just that they're so far down all the time that the other teams are just running out the clock against them, so their run defense looks horrible. And because of that, their pass defense looks decent. Um, but they're susceptible in both ways, but they're not as susceptible as a low-brow team as they're being treated. Um, but because of the situation they're in, running is something that they're getting they're getting run all over. Murray has been running, and that's been his best accent. A- <laughs> asset. What do you think about him this week? Oh, Kyle Murray, I like to run. That's how he sounds when it's his best oh, accent. Oh, I like to run, Kyle Murray. This dude just had his best true throw value game, finally. <laughs> Still <laughs> wasn't a very good one. 27th in true throw value. But nothing cures you like the New York Jets cures you. Nothing cures you. Obviously, you're starting Kyle Murray. Obviously, you're starting DeAndre Hopkins. I mean... Christian Kirk should have been dropped since the start. He shouldn't have been drafted. Yeah, that's that's fool's gold this week, I guess. If I you're, agree. Don't start Christian Kirk. He caught a touchdown last week. Whoop did he do his fourth touchdown of his career on like 98 million targets. And I know the Jets looks like a good matchup, but there's a lot of blowout potential in this game. I'm even worried that Murray's not going to use his legs much if he doesn't use them early because this could get ugly fast. And Isabella's snap percentage was at 42%. Kirk's went down to 64 Yahoo! So let's see how if that trend continues going into this week as well. I mean, D Hop is an obvious play. No, no one's yeah, getting of scared of uh, Pierre Desir. What about Kenyon Drake and Chase Edmonds? Because the Kenyon Drake, the Kenyon Drake experience this year has been one we have not really expected. At no point, I'm sorry, at one game last year, was he ever given less than 10 percent of the target share in the backfield? This year. His overall percentage is 3%. That's mind-boggling to me. Zero targets last game, 3% of the targets the, year, the, the game before. And then to make it matters worse, Chase Edmonds got 20% of the targets last game. So it looks like we're in the middle of something that is systematic where Chase Edmonds is going to be the third down receiving back, and that is not good for Kenyon Drake's outlook. Looks like Arizona's going with the Drake and Bake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's been rough. I mean, like, we said if Drake doesn't perform against Carolina, it's time to panic a little bit. That was worse than not performing. The dude <laughs> got you less than four points against the Carolina Panthers. Didn't see a target. And you watch Chase Edmonds catch a touchdown and get six targets. Like, at this point... I don't Honestly, see how you Edmonds, could start even against the Jets. I don't see how you could start Drake as anything more than like a low end RB two this week and hope that that offense turns around because that offense just has been terrible and people don't want to see it. They have blinders on. Besides that week one against San Francisco, it has been an atrocious offense. Like that Cliff Kingsbury offense was supposed to take the world by storm with a year two Kyler Murray adding DeAndre Hopkins. It has been very bad. And Kyler Murray has been super inefficient. That running game has been atrocious. Even when Chase Edmonds gets the handoffs, it's not like he's running well. If that offense turns it around, there's hope for Kenyon Drake, in my opinion. I'm not completely just disowning the guy. But 
it's a tough sell to rank him as like a top twenty running back, even against the Jets this week. Oof, that is uh, if he if you can't get top twenty against the Jets, then something's missing. This is something we've seen with young quarterbacks young that Goku. get a wide receiver that's established in the NFL already, and and just like kind of try and force the ball to him and struggle because of that. Uh, we've seen it before. Obviously, the, the biggest example that comes to mind is Baker Mayfield and OBJ. But we've seen this happen many times before. So it's just an interesting dynamic. Um, Dan Arnold, maybe one day, not today. Um, he did see four targets, a season high for him. But I'm still not getting super excited about the guy. Let's go from D period Arnold to D Arnold. Darnold. Hey! Hey! LMAO! Hey! hey. Uh, Tim did was, a good one. That was not, decent. That was a good. That was play. a good. Um, it's gonna be Joe Flacco, and I'll tell you what: I, when Joe Flacco sucks this game, uh, all the Jets fans who are like, "Oh my God, we gotta get rid of Sam Darnold!" Blah, 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 like it's it's his fault. You're gonna see what kind of gift we have with Sam Darnold after you watch Joe, Joe Flacco's Flacco. the measurement Yo, man. Joe Flacco is the worst. Am I bugging a little bit? We never really talk about defenses, but I'm am I bugging a little bit for thinking the Arizona Cardinals defense might not be as great as people are expecting to be this week just cuz Joe Flacco yes. might just hand it off over and over and throw two Dude, yard passes. Frank only. Gore? Yeah, yes, and just throw two yard passes. I think it's a better Crowder. chance that Arizona yeah. defense outscores Joe Flacco than them yes. not being a good option. Yes, to Jason. I don't know. I'm not saying they're not going to be a good option. I just don't know if they're going to be that tremendous. We've already tremendous talked option. too much about the Jets, man. Michael, you have you asked me if you're bugging. The, the answer is yes. I mean, Le'Veon um, Bell is back. That's who they're going to hand it off to. Duh. All right. Le'Veon Bell posted some pictures doing uh, doing some. I don't give a shit about his pictures, rope. man. Play better. Jeez Louise. I mean, play better. He hasn't played. Yeah. He played, he played three quarters. So come back and play better. Look, with all that being said, all right. Le'Veon Bell is going to get like 20 plus touches. It's literally impossible that he doesn't. I have him as my RB25. I think he's a high floor flex play, high floor RB2 if you need to replace, say, Aaron Jones or something this week. Anything's possible with Adam Gase at the helm. I do want to say, yeah, without Darnold, no wide receiver is interesting, even in the slightest. Wow, really? Really? There's no way I'm trusting Jameson Crowder. I mean, you don't even think they're just going to continue throwing the ball to Crowder over and over? No. I don't know. I think he's going to come down with at least like eight catches. That's absurd. At least eight catches? Are you kidding me? They're just going to... That's the only option besides Bell. This is how it's been the entire time the last two years for the Jets. You just said at least eight catches. Do you want to make a bet that Crowder doesn't have at least eight catches? All right, eight catches is a lot, but he'll get at least least 50 yards. Well, let's make a bet. He'll go six and 50 at least. Make a bet. All right. All right. The bet is on the reception side, not the yard side. So six receptions? I want to be in that... I want to be on that bet too. Over six, six or over or over six, over six. Six is a null. We neither of us win. None of us win. Okay, it's gotta be over six or under. Okay. No, 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 no. All right, let's uh, let's go to the next game then. Uh, Rams at Washington, man. Yo, Sean McVay. Tell me not, McVay sounds like an old school James Bond villain. Like ha ha ha, McVay. Hey, here, McVay. See, here, see. I know it was you, McVay. <laughs> <laughs> Look here, comma. Saying she is one of the funniest things. And, and that's exactly what he is to fantasy managers this year. He is an absolute villain, especially with the running backs. What the fuck happened last week? Um, I mean, is there any way to know? I mean, even Akers could be back this week, looking like he might be back this week. He so is back. He is. Oh, I mean, 
last report I said is he's probably he's probably going to play. If you saw a report that he's definitely going to play, then I believe well, you. Well, I guess it's the probable going to play, but it seems like Akers is going to play this week. Can you play any of these guys? And if you do, is it less like wishing on upon, upon a shooting star? Uh, it sucks because, like, there's so much potential there, man. In that backfield, we've seen it. But Sean McVay out of nowhere has just become this committee guy, and I don't think it's going to change. If I had to choose of the three, Akers is returning from injury. Malcolm Brown never really does much with his volume. And we've seen Daryl Henderson prior to last week put up over 200 yards with a touchdown combined weeks two and three. If I ha- if I have to put Daryl Henderson in my flex, I'm not going to hate it. But I don't want to trust Brown or Akers this week by any means. And even Henderson, if he plays... 29% of the snaps, are we going to be surprised? He played 39 last week with only Malcolm Brown, and now Akers is back. I'd, I'd prefer to stay away from here. Henderson has done has performed the best, so he would be my favorite of the three. It's just it's a, a big headache in that backfield, really. And the worst part is, at the end of the day, if we add up Henderson, Brown, and Akers' numbers, Rams running backs are probably going to be a top 10 running back. Probably. I think yeah. there's no doubt about it because McVeigh is also uh, a, a villain that draws up running plays like nobody's business. Give it to Henderson, McVeigh. Okay, <laughs> sir. Um, Jared Goff absolutely sucked against a really good matchup last week. This week he's against Washington. He's given up to eight points to opposing quarterbacks. Uh, is he a streaming option for you? Yeah. <clears throat> he's a streaming option for me. I think he has a nice bounce back potential here against Washington it's just this the fact is that this team is gonna be up though and they've become this like run first team neutral game script they're running OD and it's starting to frustrate me a lot for Woods Cup Higby and company and even Goff because Goff has been efficient this season but they need to pass the damn ball more and this is a negative game script I mean a positive game script type of game here against Washington so I don't think Goff has a super high ceiling. I do think he has a decent floor, though, at least in this one. But uh, it's just frustrating how much they're using their running backs. Yeah. Speaking about the wide receivers, uh, sorry, Jason. This, let, let me just to, to, to transition. Robert Woods is probably the biggest. Uh, how could I say factor? Or I don't know what word I'm looking for. Uh, casualty of not passing as much because he's not a big play guy like Cooper Cup is. You saw Cooper Cup connect on a big play, which, by the way, we called last week. Shout out to us. Um, we you, we saw that coming, but Cooper Cup, I mean, Robert Woods is a volume receiver. So if he's not getting the volume, that's something to be worried about. Now, Cooper Cup has been fantastic up until this game, so I'm not, I'm not sounding the alarm, but it is concerning. Yeah, I'm not panicking. He's still been a top 30, 37 wide receiver. So he's basically been a wide receiver three or better. Three out of the four weeks. Last week was a concern. He's had either eight or nine touches every single game. So even when he's only had five or six targets, he had three rushes in those games. So if McVeigh is scheming up eight to nine touches for Robert Woods every week, he doesn't have the wide receiver one upside we thought he might have, but he's still a very strong wide receiver two. But to your point about Cup being the bigger play guy, he also gets... The by far the better matchup in the uh, in the slot this week too against Washington. I have Cup as wide receiver ten and Woods at wide receiver twenty two. Probably the biggest disparity I'm gonna have between the two all season really. What about Higby? Also, dude, Cooper Cup played in every single. Get ready for this. 
two tight ends set last week. Crazy. That was a big thing that he did not do last season. Speaking Crazy. of Crazy. How about Higby? Higby has not seen a game with more than five targets this year. Yeah, it hasn't been great. For That's what I'm saying. I need a negative game script damn game here for Tyler Higby to do well. It's it's frustrating because if you're going to be throwing 20 to 25 times a game, it's going to be very difficult to produce three viable pass catchers. So I agree. But, I mean, Tyler Higby, he's still on the field for almost 90% of the snaps every single week. So he's still getting a lot of work. He's just not running routes too often and they're not passing too often so it hasn't been a great start to the season outside that Philly game for Higby and this week against Washington with the way that uh the tight end landscape is I'm still firing him up as a tight end one hoping he could find the end zone because I mean with Tanya and Hawkinson out too and the tight ends being as bad as they are to begin with you likely don't really have a better option than Tyler Higby on the other side, it's a new quarterback alert. Ain't, ain't, ain't. New quarterback. Ain't, ain't, ain't. Um, Kyle Allen comes in, and Dwayne Haskins is not even going to be the backup. Alex Smith is going to be the backup. Dwayne Haskins is probably probably won't be active for this game unless they carry three quarterbacks, which is very rare for a team to do. So uh, interesting turn of events there. Uh, Terry McLaurin, I like this move for him. I think that last year you saw Kyle Allen completely like just – Pepper, pepper, pepper DJ Moore with uh, targets. One thing we know about Terry McLaurin is he can get open. He will be open, and he can get yards after the catch. Uh, t- one of the top leaders in big plays this year. I think Terry McLaurin gets a little step up. I also think Antonio Gibson takes a step up after being the featured back for the first time last week and absolutely excelling with all those touches. He gets now a young quarterback who is used to stepping back and throwing the ball to Christian McCaffrey. But this time he's going to step back and throw the ball to Antonio Gibson. So I think those two guys who you're playing get bumps up, but everyone else in this game, Sayonara, suckers. I'm not playing you. I do want to throw a little caution out there for McLaurin, though, because the Rams have allowed one top 24 receiver thus far in the young season. Jalen uh, Ramsey, Shay. Jalen Ramsey, Shay. And that pass defense overall has been pretty solid. They even, they're even they the only team, really, to contain the Dak Prescott-led Cowboys through the air so far. So, I mean, it's not like it's something that hasn't been occurring all season. The Rams have had a pretty strong pass defense all year. Just Josh Allen gave them fits, but they even started tightening up on Josh Allen near the end of the game. I don't I, I think Terry McLaurin's more wide receiver two low end ish than wide receiver one this week. A lot of people like his expert consensus ranking right now I think is in the top twelve because coming off that game last week. And just throwing this out there because there is a quarterback change. Kyle Allen's true throw value in twenty eighteen Almost the same as Dwayne Haskins this season. Like, there's not really that big of an improvement, if that's something that you were expecting, like this huge upgrade. That's that's not the case. On that note, because the only other relevant pass catcher there is, if we're not looking at the running backs, Logan Thomas. And he only saw three targets last week. And with the truth or value of those Washington quarterbacks, that's not going to cut it. The only thing that was keeping him afloat was his high target rate. Yeah. So Logan Thomas is someone to um, probably not use. Okay, you guys want to move on to this next game? No, the running backs there, Shay. I mean, I I talked about Antonio Gibson. What are your thoughts on Antonio Gibson? I mean, Antonio Gibson is someone that you have to be excited about after that big game last week. Still frustratingly playing less snaps than J.D. McKissick. 
saw eight. Excuse me, saw five targets targets to McKissick's eight, uh, nine carries. But look, excuse me, thirteen carries, seventeen touches is a lot. Yo, look up Gibson's highlights from last week. Just look up his runs, not even his highlights. He's great, beautiful man. Yeah, like this whole thirty-three carries in college, he's not going to translate well. Talk. He's looking like a beast. He's evading tackles. He's just he's playing very well. And now he gets the Rams. And honestly, I think he's a strong running back too in this game because they're going to first off, Gibson's gonna get his eight to twelve carries, and they're likely gonna be trailing and need to air it out. And we saw Kyle Allen when he was quarterback. Christian McCaffrey was basically his number one wide receiver. He's used to throwing it to the running back. Ron Rivera's there too. Like, I think Antonio Gibson could reel in five to eight passes this week. And if he finds the end zone, be a a very viable option this week. I, I like him a lot, actually, against the Rams. Nice. I mean, I, I can't disagree with you. I think that you're right. I think Especially Antonio- if he gets more snaps, too, and McKissick stops stealing them. I think McKissick might be PPR. No. Because the way, the way I see it, if Ron Rivera is fed up with... Dwayne Haskins, I, I feel like they saw Philly win, and they were like, all right, we already beat the team that's in first place. We got to go for it all. Forget Drew Haskins, excuse me, Dwayne Haskins. Let's put Kyle Allen in there. I wouldn't be surprised if that also translates to, let's get Antonio Gibson more burn because we need to, our best playmakers out there if we're going to want to win games, which clearly Ron Rivera wants to do if he sat Dwayne Haskins after four games. So basically what you're saying is Gibson is going to clean up in the backfield. Well, I'm going to clean up my backfield in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> and the reason why I'm going to do that is because of Manscaped.com. Uh, I'm losing, using the Lawnmower 3.0. This thing is full of the latest technology. It whispers silent. It shaves your family jewels to perfection. It makes it look all shiny and shit. Uh, also, it's discreet. It's wireless. It's waterproof. You can use it in the shower. It has different settings you can shave anything with i mean i'm a bald guy and before i went to town down under i shaved my head with it first and it was good like you can't get this close like razor shave but when i let my hair grow out too long i have to shave it with a with a buzzer before i use the manscape products for that not only that manscape has a bunch of products uh their anti-chafing boxers is a favorite of ours uh we wear those all the time um they have ball deodorant. They have uh, things that keep your your stuff smooth and silky. The boxers are the best part. Yeah, they got T-shirts. Honestly, they have everything. And if you use the code BROTO, that's B-R-O-T-O, you get 20% off at checkout plus free shipping. Again, the promo code BROTO, that's B-R-O-T-O, and free shipping. This next game is brought to you by Manscaped, official partner of the BROTO Fantasy Football Podcast. <laughs> So uh, thank you for blessing us to end that, Jason. I appreciate it. I sneezed I, actually, but you were, thanks, Michael. I, I just assume Jason sneezes because he's super congested all the time. Second, moving just, on up. Just so you guys know, Jason's always congested. It's a weird thing. He's allergies. Like it's not a child. weird thing. It's allergies. Nah, Jason's always congested no matter what. Um, Due oh, to allergies, of, <laughs> I'm allergic <laughs> to dust, trees, everything. Pollen. Jason has a lot of I'm allergic. I'm allergic. I started going to an allergist for like two years. Every week, every uh, he would put like, I would get like 16 shots in my arm to try to, I, I've, I've been better since. Well, you're still, 
you're still super congested. Speaking of super congested, the Giants offense. Um, Daniel Jones has a worse everything than Dwayne Haskins. Like, he's just the worst player. And if you're a Giants fan, you're seeing the demise of Daniel Jones. Um, I mean, it doesn't look good. This look, guy looks like an amateur. If you haven't checked out the True Value Lowdown yet, go check it out. It's just a bunch of fun facts using True Values. Oh, no. Daniel Jones's three-game stretch over these last three weeks is on par Literally, the worst three-game stretch ever since we created True Values on par with Josh Rosen in 2018. Disgusting. He's just been literally the worst QB in the league. And nobody's talking about it, it seems. I'm confused. How Darnold gets shit on 24-7, but Daniel Jones just keeps getting a pass. That's what I'm saying, man. Daniel Jones came out of the gate and had like a 40-point fantasy game his first game, and now everyone thinks he's good. He's not good. It's a turnover machine. He has OD weapons around him. Dude, put Sam Darnold on the Giants. They're a much better team. 100%. Agreed. Yeah, I agree. Um, but it's I mean, Anyways, don't weapons. start him. Yeah, don't start Even him. Even in the a good matchup, too. you can't start him. Yeah, this is a great matchup. And I think that this is the game where, like, if you started the Cowboys defense, I wouldn't be mad at you. Because something's got to give. Because this defense sucks and this offense sucks. So one of them is going to suck. And I have seen the Dallas Cowboys defense be shitty. I think the, the Giants offense is shittier than the Dallas defense. And I think that the Dallas defense might have a good game, which leads me to ask like Slayton, Tate, Ingram. These guys have been off the radar. How do you, how do they get on the radar? The only person I consider playing honestly is all right. Unless you're in like a super deep tight league, it's hard to, it's, you can't start Evan Ingram, even in an awful tight end field. The only person I'd consider starting is Darius Slayton, and that's because he does see around seven targets per game. Dude, you want to know how but bad... But his true throw out... Yeah, go. How bad Evan Ingram slash Daniel Jones has been this year? Evan Ingram's true throw value is tight end 25. Target value. True target value is tight end 25, and he's seen the third most targets for all tight ends. Oh, my God. That disparity is probably setting records in true value world. That's disgusting. Easily. Like, I have a disgusted look on my face right now. Yeah, and look, he saw 10 targets last week. He gets the Dallas Cowboys, who huh. just gets torched through the air day after day after day. Even Austin Hooper had a nice game against him last week, and Hooper hasn't really been involved in the offense to start the year. I think Evan Ingram, I think I'm giving him one more shot here. Against Dallas. You're doing it? I'm doing it. I'm trying Whoa. to find... Man. Gross. Even more disgusting, man. Darius Slayton is the number one receiver in true target value for the Giants. And he is... Drum roll, please. 83rd. Do you know what that means? Because, you know what, right above him is Debo Samuel, so it's a perfect way to show what that means. This means that Debo Samuel's three targets, I did it to Jimmy Garoppolo since he's supposed to be back this week, three targets from Jimmy Garoppolo is worth Darius Slayton's seven targets from Daniel Jones. That's what that means right now. That's how bad Daniel Jones is. Total Disgusting, yuck. bro. Total oh yuck. God. Total yuck is right. But that oh being said... Buddy. It's against Dallas, so if you have to start Darius Slayton as wide receiver three, I don't hate it. I just I mean, don't know how you could trust this offense. He's such right a now. boom bust guy. Like I, I'm okay with him as wide receiver three, just because 
Tim said it a couple weeks ago. Darius Slayton has a couple games with two touchdowns and never scores a touchdown otherwise. And if you bench him and he has that two touchdown game, you're going to hate yourself. So at, at this time last week, the Cowboys had given up uh, 17 big plays. I don't know how many big plays they gave up against the Browns, but they gave up at a least lot a lot of big plays. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how many exactly. I don't have the numbers in front of me. I think a lot is a fair estimate. A lot counts. I think that's scientific. <laughs> um, so 17 plus a lot is how many plays they've given up, big plays down the field. And Darius Slayton does does do that. Darius Slayton's my favorite play, but if I could avoid the Giants. I think this I, is my last straw again. Like we said, like, yeah. If Slayton doesn't, I, I think he's a good wide receiver three this week because he's a big play guy against a bad big play defense. If he doesn't do it this week, I'm just trusting true values from here on out and not touching him. Yeah, the Giants cannot have a bad game against Dallas, man. They just can't. They've allowed over 35 points three straight games. They they need to put something together. Daniel that's Jones like, hasn't it, threw a, thrown a touchdown since week one. Wow, that's uh, great. Yeah, wow. Let's talk about a team that has thrown touchdowns since week one. Dak Prescott is How about them Cowboys? To set the record for attempts this year, he's on pace for 804 pass attempts. The record as it stands is 727 pass attempts. Can you guys guess who holds that record? He's a current NFL quarterback. 727, Matt Ryan? No, good guess though. Hmm. And close. Ryan Fitzpatrick. <laughs> Come on. In the season with the... with the, <laughs> no. the Aaron Rodgers? He never passed that. No. Uh, that much. It's, um, hold on, hold on. I know. Is he a starting quarterback right now? Drew Brees. Matt Stafford. Matt Stafford. Ah, Jesus. nice. No, that was my real uh, answer. So, yeah, Dak on pace to throw. He, I mean, he's throwing 50 times a game. The, the guy is an unstoppable machine at the moment. Um, I mean, you're going to play Dak. You're going to love it. You're going to play Zeke. You're going to love it. And, uh, I mean, anything you guys want to say about those two guys before we get into the pass catchers? Um, I'm going to transition to a one pass catcher by talking about Dak. Dak was so good last week. Dude, he threw for 500 yards. Like, geez. On 40 attempts, so it's not like it's that little attempt. On 58 attempts, sorry. 502 yards, two touchdowns. His true throw value jumped from 22nd to 10. Yep. Like, he was very good last week, very efficient. Early in the season, efficiency stats can jump like that. You know who's didn't jump, though? Michael Gallup went from wide receiver 44 in true target value to wide receiver 38. He is still outside of the top 36 wide receivers. And he did nothing last week to say otherwise. He was, was my rough. biggest fade. He was my bust in the Sleepers and Bust article. If you listen to the pod, but don't check out our website. We have a lot of articles on the site this year. Very cool. They're getting traction. It's very cool. So please give him a read. Dude, Gallup was bad. And again, he's my least favorite option. I prefer Dalton Schultz, if I'm being honest, to hmm. Michael Gallup. I don't hate it either. I mean, Amari Cooper, holy moly. Mike McCarthy... Like I said this on the review pod, throw away Amari Cooper of the past because Mike McCarthy is just feeding him as many targets as he can. He's seen 14, 9, 12, and 16. James Bradbury, for whatever reason, has actually turned into a very good cornerback this year. So it's not the best matchup for Cooper, but obviously you're starting him. CeeDee Lamb, I think, is the one to really love this week uh, in the slot against, uh, against the Giants because... Darnay Holmes or whoever they throw out there in the slot going to have a lot of trouble guarding CeeDee Lamb. And the thing that worries me here overall 
is the Cowboys finally, likely, aren't going to be playing from behind. So the volume likely isn't going to be there as much. But I still think CeeDee Lamb is a very strong wide receiver, too. And uh, Cooper is a strong wide receiver, one. And Gallup is that high-ceiling, low-floor, boom-bust wide receiver three flex play now. Just that's how the offense has transformed because, like Jason said, Dalton Schultz. Where's Dalton Schultz in true throw value? This dude jumped up to number four in true throw value. Excuse me, true target value. Jeez, I keep saying that. Higher than Johnny Smith, Hunter Henry, higher than Mark Andrews. Like Speak, Speaking of that, what you guys just said as well, the Giants actually have been phenomenal against the outside receivers this year. Fourth in DVOA against the number one receiver. Bradbury has been a beast. Seventh in DVOA against the number two receiver. So on the outsides, they've been locking people down. But then they're 31st against the slot. CD and, and Amari Cooper. Amari Cooper's been seeing them slots, them slots, boy. Lock them That's what we're saying, Amari, though. You're basically, everything Amari. you just said is uh, just further implements the Cooper and Lamb, not so much Gallup for this week. I'm interested to see Dalton Schultz's um, worth and usage in games where the Cowboys take big leads. Because the Cowboys have been down and needing to come from behind and needing to throw the ball 50 times a game. So I'm really curious to see what Dalton Schultz's um, role becomes when Dak has to throw 35 times rather than 50 times. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I'm curious. I think this is going to be a good test because I think this might be the game where the Cowboys take a big lead and kind of stranglehold the Giants. Yeah, I want to see that as well. It'll be be interesting because we haven't seen it yet. All right. Anyone else you guys want to talk about in this game? Ain't we good? Nobody. Well, do we need to talk about Zeke? Zeke is gonna destroy the Giants. Oh yeah, Zeke is. Yeah. Zeke is finally in the spot to be Zeke again. He's kind of slacked so far this season to start. Uh, he really hasn't though. Like Zeke, he's been putting up numbers, bro. Like. Yeah, but like he hasn't been Zeke. Zeke. He's Zeke's gonna be never, Zeke. Zeke. Zeke's never been a guy to blow up or nothing like that. But so far this year in half point PBR, twenty six point two points week one. <laughs> How is that not exploding? What are you talking about? Yeah, he has a super high, super super high floor. Like his floor is like fifteen points. Doesn't mean he doesn't explode. Twenty six points is basically an explosion. Explosion. Like Alvin Kamara. Twenty six is OD, dude. Yeah, what are you talking about here? That's not an explosion. Like, all right, right, you want forty points? That happens like three times a year. Yeah, man. Not everyone puts up forty unless you're Sammy Watkins week one. I don't know, man. I, I, to me, that's not an explosion for him. I think explosion means more for him because it, it is what it is. A, a semi-explosion. How about how about a dynamite? He had a dynamite. 26 is like dynamite. It's a dynamite game. There you go. That's dynamite explodes. Boom. <laughs> yeah, but it's, not, but it's like a little explosion rather than a huge one. Move like, on, man. Move on. I do the boom boom, Zeke. <laughs> All right. So the last game on the agenda for uh, for episode one is my personal favorite of the week, and that is the Vikings at the Seahawks. I think this is going to be a fantasy lover's dream. Let's start with the Vikings because I found out something today that I want to share with everybody. Let's start first with Kirk Cousins. Uh, He has thrown the ball half the times that Dak has so far this year. Half. Half the times. But Kirk Cousins has the highest deep ball rate in football right now. So they're not throwing the ball a lot, but when they do, they're throwing it long. Um, I will mention that stat again soon. 
But in a matchup against the Seahawks, with Jamal Adams out again, is Kirk Cousins a streamer? I know Jason's higher on Kirk Cousins than I am this week. I assume. Where do you have Kirk Cousins in your rankings? Jay? Yes, good, sir. Kirk Cousins in my actual brain rankings, a.k.a. quarterback's true throw value, is seventh. And he has been stellar outside of week two. Week two is dragging him down. He'd be a top five option in true throw value if week two did not drag him down. And Seattle is an awful defense. I don't care if they held fits a little bit in control. So I have Cousins at 8. Yeah, see, I have him at 13. Just, again, it's always the passing volume. Like, I understand that he's good at throwing downfield, or he's throwing it at the high straight, like you said. But that's also, I guarantee you, he's near, like, the middle of the pack in actual downfield attempts. Yeah, because of the attempts. Like, he just doesn't attempt that many passes. So that's the problem for me with Cousins here. I think he needs to throw touchdowns. With that being said, Adam Thielen, Adam Thielen is an absolute boom explosion candidate here. Some dynamite or explosion type game, <laughs> Tim. A dynamite or explosion. And maybe like, what, 25 points dynamite, 30 points explosion? That good enough for you? I'm down with that. He has a chance of points, doing something like that. 40 points nuclear winter. Justin Jefferson. Hold Justin, on. Tim wants to talk about Justin Jefferson. You hold on. I'm, I'm, got, a, I'm offended for you, Tim, that Michael brought up Justin Jefferson. You guys right. act like I'm not the big-ass Justin Jefferson lover. Just because Tim Tim's added him. been talking about Justin Jefferson for the last three days. It's obnoxious, all right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm the one Jason who... Just, Jason just is like is saying that because I've been negotiating a trade with him, and Justin Jefferson's been part of that trade, so I've been talking up Justin He's Jefferson. He's trying to make days. me take Jefferson instead of Deontay Johnson for those out there wondering. But go, Tim. Tell us. All right, guys. So, first of all, Dalvin Cook, yes, please. Um... I told you already that Cousins has the highest deep ball rate in football. And we know that they got rid of Stefan Diggs. And Adam Thielen was taking over that role of the person who was getting deep balls thrown. Uh, in fact, right now, Adam Thielen is second in the NFL in targets that have gone over 15 yards in the air. So um, air yards, we don't like to use them as a predictor in this show, but they do have their purpose. And this is the purpose that they have, right? So... Ranks second in the NFL in 15-plus yards targets. Second, number two, no one, only one person higher. But right now, 33rd in yards per catch, tied for 15th in big plays overall. On the other hand, Justin Jefferson, 14th in the NFL in 15-plus yard targets. But Justin Jefferson is second in the NFL already in big plays with eight and third in the NFL in yards per target. If this offense continues to throw the ball at a similar rate downfield, and Justin Jefferson continues to be this good at catching them, the sky is the limit for Justin Jefferson. Yeah. And, and Adam Thielen, when he had his MVP type, like fantasy MVP type season, he did most of his damage from the slot. So if you can extend the field with a guy like Justin Jefferson, who has been phenomenal at that part of his game and continue to do that regularly, for real, Justin Jefferson's floor is the sky and his sky is the roof, as Michael likes to say. The ceiling is the roof. The ceiling is the roof. My I, I agree that uh, Justin Jefferson is looking, again, it's a low-volume passing offense. That's the gripe here with him. But, I mean, I was all over him during the offseason. I thought he was a great pick at ADP and – 
against Seattle here after the last two weeks he had. Very, very strong wide receiver three, wide receiver two option even this week. I, I think I'd be Yeah, I'd be very happy rolling Justin Jefferson out there right now. Bada boom, bada bing. Uh least targets in the NFL to the tight end belong to the Vikings. Um Yeah, you can't start them. Well Oliver Smith that you're sitting there. It's funny because I'm so a little peek behind the scenes. I'm actually not gonna be on the next episode. But one of the things I I'm I'm was gonna mention is I'm kind of getting back on the Austin Hooper train, because Austin Hooper has seen now 18 percent target share at least in the last three games. Um, and you look at Kevin Stefanski. The reason why we liked Austin Hooper is because of the Stefanski offense and how they use the tight end. And I think the non usage of these tight ends in Minnesota shows you how much. Using the tight end is actually a Stefanski thing. So I I have hopes that Hooper kind of re-emerges as someone that you could start at tight end one, but that's neither here or there because neither of these guys, Irv Smith or Kyle Rudolph, are going to be emerging as a tight end one anytime soon. I concur. Concur as well. About the tight ends, guys. I don't know about Austin Hooper. Um, yeah, I'm... <laughs> I wish I could debate you guys on that, but all right. So let's go over to the other side. Russell Wilson. The Vikings are allowing the fourth most passing yards per game. I mean, at this point, Russell Wilson's the MVP of the NFL, so you're you're definitely starting him. Yes. Um, let's talk about DK Metcalf. His maybe number one receiver. Is it time to call him that? Uh, DK Metcalf is tied for first in yards per reception this year with 25 yards per reception. To put that into context, Mike Williams led the entire league last year with 20 yards per 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 reception. The person he's tied with is Chase Claypool, who only has six receptions, and one of them was an 84-yard reception. And number two on this list is Justin Jefferson with 21.8. So he is blowing last year's record, last year's leader, and this year's second place out of the water with 25 yards. People didn't want him out of the draft because he was only a vertical route runner, which uh, so. His route, his route is expanding, but this, oh, you mean this gigantic man is faster than everyone and he can only run straight? Okay, so run straight. And it's been working very well with Russell Wilson, especially because Russell Wilson, when he throws these deep balls, they have this trajectory on them that they go up and down at like a big, um, what are those called? Parabolas? Bell curve. Oh, parabola, yeah. Is it a parabola? Yeah. Like at a, at a, at a very steep parabola so that, the ball is like the 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 DB has no chance, and it just falls into Metcalf's giant hands, and it's just like, yo, this is unstoppable. A squared it's plus B squared equals C squared, baby. You don't need to convince exactly. us that Metcalf is an absolute monster with your uh, parabolas. We all know it. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, you're obviously starting DK Metcalf here. You're starting Tyler Lockett against the Minnesota secondary. They both have wide receiver one overall potential here. I'm firing them both up, obviously. I think that Chris Carson is getting slept on this week. I don't really get it. People I agree just, with like, that, People just, like, don't too. talk about Chris Carson. Why? Why don't you talk about Chris Carson? The Vikings have been, in actuality, according to DVOA, the ninth best team against the pass, 24th best in quotes against the rush so according to dvoa the vikings have been worse through the on the ground than through the air and chris carson jason real quick before you go forward 
the DVOA you're talking about is not against the rush. It's against the running back out of the backfield. If you're looking at this chart, by the way, shout out to football outsiders. Um, who, if you're looking at the chart uh, versus receiver and you're looking at running back, it's it's the running back out of the backfield throwing to them. Honestly, even better. Like, I was the only person who realized that Chris Carson caught balls last year, apparently, over the offseason. When he had a 37 and 266 line. He's already at 15 and 113 this year. He's seeing at least like three, three, he's seeing three to six targets per game, and he's getting work on the ground. This guy just keeps producing. He has three top 13 finishes out of four games, and nobody and wants even, to put even respect the one that on his name. Even the one that wasn't. He was 26, which isn't the worst. Yeah, he, he scored 9.1 points in half PBR. It's not bad. He's not great, man. Not great, but yeah, he is great. Chris Carson slept on again. Going into the season. Yeah, started. Uh, I don't it. Uh, speaking of slept on, Tyler Lockett kind of slept last week. Uh, interesting interesting scenario there. Um, are you concerned at all about last week? I mean, this is obviously a phenomenal matchup against the Vikings defense who sucks against the pass. I'm not. The volume was a little lower for Wilson last week as well, but David Moore had a touchdown. Look, Tyler Lockett has games like this randomly. The way Russell Wilson's going and that offense is going, I'm not concerned about it at all. I'm firing him up again this week. I'd trade for him if if Ty Lockett owner uh, roster or just decided that he's gonna get shook about Tyler Lockett. I'm so shook. Michael's trying, people. He's trying. He's trying. Um, <laughs> you don't want Tyler Lockett. No, I'm talking about I'm talking about when he said instead of saying owner instead of roster. We've been saying owner for so long. You know what I mean? And we're trying to be sensitive and say rosterer, and I think I think everyone should be saying that. But it, you know, it's hard. Sometimes you just forget. It's been, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's laced up in us. We've been talking fantasy since we're like, since you guys are like what nine years old. Fuck you so. Um, Olsen Disley. Olsen saw seven targets last week, but still, um, not a fantasy viable game. Olsen's one of those guys who I would love to have as my tight end too, like a stream streaming candidate when my tight end is on by because if he catches a touchdown, odds are he's going to have a good game. He's going to get you over 10 points. But if he doesn't, odds are he's going to have a bad game. He's going to get you like three, four points. Odds are he... you're going to be all right. And Will Disley, I don't want to talk about it at all, but well, good to see him back. Yeah, uh, I agree. The seven targets, I think, is a bit of a mirage here for Olsen. I don't see that repeating this week, and he's more of a tight end two play, like you said. I mean, Russell Wilson is first in true throw value at the moment, and Greg Olson is 26th or something like that. So mm-hmm. there's not much going there, even with Russ throwing the ball. Uh, I mean, six and seven targets back-to-back games, but hasn't scored a touchdown, so that means he hasn't been fantasy viable. Unless it's PPR. I mean, against Dallas, PPR, five receptions, 61 yards. You got 11.1 points out of him, which is, I mean, I guess decent, but... Uh, hmm. um, yeah, that's it for the first slate of games. Jason, where can they find you? At BrotoFF Jason. You can find me at BrotoFF Tim. Michael, where can they find you? At BrotoFF Mike. See what we did there? You can find us all at BrotoFantasy on Twitter. You could support us, patreon.com slash BrotoFantasy. Thank you to all the patrons so far. Um, and what else could we plug? What else? What else? Uh, BrotoFantasy.com. We mentioned a bunch of great articles, including... Michael's write-ups on true throw values. I, f- I even find them helpful, the, f- the write-ups on true throw values, because unless you're looking at ranks on where these people rank, it's hard to know what the true throw value really means because it's a complicated situation. Um, but the way Michael puts it, 
in these in these noticings and happenings, it gives you a really good sense of how to use it. And then you can start using it yourself. So Michael does a great job on those. So check that out. Um, and uh, yeah, that is all. Don't forget to use our promo code BROTO on manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping. And the same promo code on partybelts.com for 15% off of your purchase. By the way, both of these things, it's not like it's just like for first time purchases. Like continue purchasing them and continue using the code. Like it's not just for first time purchases, if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken. So yeah. Take advantage of it. Use Broto every single time you check out and just set it and forget it. Uh, Don't like save that money. Just like when Zeke is on in the lineup and he might explode. Um, I am not going to be I'm not going to be on the second episode. Life calls, duty calls. Uh, but the twins will take you through the second slate of games. So until next time, I know what it is. Peace out. Later. Doses.